arms with four inches So I guess I could have chosen a better word Perhaps I should say You complete me in every way But if we're honest we both know that's absurd Hello and welcome to Our Movies Ourselves, the Relationship and Movie Podcast. I'm Jeff and with me this time and always is my co-host Emily. Hello. How are you? Good. I'm doing well. Today we're talking about the movie A Quiet Place, a 2018 movie directed by John Krasinski, uh, starring Emily Blunt. And this is a spoiler alert for this movie. We'll be diving into all of the details. So go ahead and watch that before listening to the rest of this podcast. Yeah, go ahead and push pause right now. I assume that you are unpausing now. So uh, A Quiet Place is a movie about a family that lives in a world where some alien creatures have come. And the main thing that they attack is anything that makes a sound. So their entire existence must be completely quiet we saw it in the theaters we had a babysitter and uh unfortunately tonight we're not that lucky so we're back to the whispering quietly which i think fits for the movie that we're talking about for a quiet place Uh this is not something we could do in the quiet place world but we're not in there so (laughs) good for us um so emily uh what was your just your first impressions of this movie i love this movie i thought it was fantastic I, I mean, I, on a lot of different levels. I feel the same way. Uh, this was an extremely enjoyable movie to watch in the theater. Uh, I think it's really great. I think it's really going to stand up the test of time. Let's dig it's... deeper into kind of the story of the film. So this film starts and uh, you know, we're given really minimal information um, kind of throughout, which I think is one of its strongest assets. The first uh, sequence kind of shows us this family of five. Um, John Krasinski, Emily Blunt are the parents and then three kids going through a town that is just completely empty. We're kind of figuring out, okay, they're survivors. Something's going on. Gathering supplies and stuff. They're trying to be quiet. We don't know why necessarily. And then on the way back, the kid, the youngest kid, has this electronic toy and it goes off and it makes all these noises. Everybody stops what they're doing and John Krasinski tries to run and grab him, but not before one of these alien creatures takes him and attacks him. And then that's that's the cold open. And then we're into the title right. of the movie. So right away, you know, it, it's a great, perfect setup. It really sets up all of the things that are going to happen. And, and like, just devastating. Like... Yeah, I mean, it's just, like, heart-wrenching to watch. You you know it's a horror movie, you know that people are going to die, and you know that it, it's not going to be super happy, but it's just, it just starts in this, just, this teeny little four-year-old. It, it really starts you in this, like, oh no, like, I already care so much about these characters. Yeah, and it and, um, just really shows you kind of right away, right? This movie is not afraid to kill a child, like, mm-hmm. point blank. So, like, you're going to be on the edge of your seat. They did not, they did not pull that punch. They didn't mm-hmm. make it a, a close call. It was all in on it and is a huge emotional ripple that I think goes through the rest of the film, mm-hmm. which is really nice. And then kind of goes to sort of a year later or so, the four of them have kind of gotten into a groove of just living a normal, silent life. 
and uh, just kind of doing the normal things that they do on this sort of farm, which I never could tell if that was, I, I mean, I guess that was their house initially before the creatures came. But yeah, it just feels like they've kind of adapted the home to a quiet life. There's like no doors anywhere. There's, you right. know, adjusted things so that nothing makes sound. And the rest of the movie takes place over just a couple of days. You see that Emily Blunt's character is pregnant, pretty pregnant, but not due yet necessarily. And then over sort of the sequence of a couple of days, a whole bunch of things happen. There's another little kind of setup scene, the lantern scene where they knock over the lantern, kind of giving us more info about mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, John Krasinski goes with the son to the river mm-hmm. to kind of catch more fish. He's trying to teach him how to do that. The um, daughter, who is deaf, kind of denies his um, latest attempt to give him give her hearing aids. He's kind of been trying to make them, which eventually kind of comes back in later in. So there's kind of this splitting up, and the two others stay. And then Emily Blunt goes into labor. Yes. Right. So that's... Then it begins. Yeah. So yeah. she's... They kind of step into that. I think it's like the next day. There's a little bit of setup to it, but really it's that's that's kind of if we're gonna like map out like the major things that happen, it's like the first thing that happens a long time ago. There's kind of a, a day setup, and a half yeah. of day in the life, here's what our normal is. Right. And then it just starts. Right. And the rest is just kind of mm. getting out of these desperate situations. Yeah. And I think the I mean, obviously you don't have to have had a kid to know that being in labor and birthing a child would be impossible to do silently. Oh, yeah. Um, And then, of course, the anxiety of giving birth to a crying baby. So, I mean, it's just the heightening of it is is pretty intense. They manage to survive that, even though the creatures are in their house. John Krasinski ends up killing himself, sacrificing himself. Yes, so that they can get away. They had a like a backup mechanism of the like this fireworks that kind of went off to kind of give a distraction. So Emily Blunt was able to give birth kind of in what was mm-hmm. maybe the quickest birth ever. <laughs> right, right. Due to stress, there's something happening with um, sister's hearing aid. Right. Yeah. So the Her, hearing she aid. She has a what's it called? A cochlear implant. It, yeah. It does some sort of feedback when the monsters come near that eventually like drives them kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. And that's, she doesn't realize it at first, but at the end, that's kind of the thing that the family discovers together. Right. That they can basically completely immobilize them for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then, and um, then everyone oh, maybe, can just shotgun those guys. Maybe, maybe the greatest ending <laughs> to a movie. I mean, just what a great ending right. to a movie. There's yeah. so many, um, yeah, there's so many things to like in this movie. What are kind of the things that you, big picture, the small picture, what were some things that you really liked about it? The biggest thing really was the the telling of the story in silence. You know, there's so little dialogue. The family does sign, but there's so little dialogue. And the relationships that are fleshed out a little bit through dialogue, but really almost completely through body language and they're so complex it's really really amazing how complex these relationships are given you know the lack of dialogue 
So I thought that was really, really neat. Really says something about the actors that they don't have any script to hide behind. This right. is as pure an acting exercise as there is, right? Right. Yeah. And the fact that two of them, three of them at the beginning, like they're child actors and they're still able to perform on that level. It's, it's pretty incredible. But I think just kind of that theme of like, what would you do for your family? How far would you go to save your kids, to protect your kids? It really draws you in. I'm not a, like a huge horror movie fan. I have a complicated relationship with horror movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want to know what they are about. I want to know the ending of them. But I don't really like being scared. And I don't like a lot of the tropes of typical horror movies. I kind of expected to like this movie because it looked different mm-hmm. and and seemed different from as soon as I started hearing about it. But yeah, it just felt very scary. I was still extremely scared. You were yes. still like laughing at me in the theater because I was freaking out a little bit. But um, <laughs> each of the jump scares, each of the, you know, really, really tense moments they were all meaningful and they added to the characters they added to the story so much it seemed almost like the like genre was really just like another another vehicle for the story not necessarily like the story being made from the genre i think um building off what you're saying um to me you know everybody says yeah it's a horror movie because it's scary to me seems i think with a horror movie in some way scariness of the movie is in some way it's caused by the victims of it and so it's sort of like you know they they go into a haunted house they're initiating a a frankenstein monster they're provoking like it's their fault you're saying in a lot of Uh horror movies there is that type of thing or even just like we're gonna go to a camp or the characters a cabin in the woods situation we're all gonna go and maybe like always as a as the watcher of it, you can always be like well i i would never do that i wouldn't go do that thing and like, that's what you get for doing things um but in this that's how you sort of like keep yourself safe you just never do anything uh-huh. yeah all right anyway yeah in horror movies it always seems like the bad thing is caused by the victims mm-hmm. and in this one it is very much this really reminds me more of, or kind of reminds me of like 28 days later almost more in like a zombie movie type mm-hmm. of thing where it's an it's a force that kind of comes in and you have to deal with it. Yeah. Um, certainly the alien, um, something like the movie Blindness, which I really like. This is almost oh a gosh, great yeah. companion movie to that if you want to. The uh, Five Senses trilogy, <laughs> uh, quintilogy. Uh, you have Blindness. You have A Quiet Place. Uh-huh. <laughs> Me no smelly. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think the sound editing is pretty amazing i always at the oscars i'm like sound mixing sound editing mm-hmm. S- sound right are those all three or am i there's just the two just the mixing two. and editing yeah right i guess i still don't know the difference between the two as far as the oscar category but really both both should go to this movie because yeah. it just seems so well done eerie quietness of certain scenes extreme loudness of others Mm -hmm. it just adds such a huge layer to the movie and building what you're saying i think what's so refreshing about this movie for me is that this truly is something that only could be done 
on film and only played in a theater. This couldn't be a radio play, <laughs> right? It couldn't be. Yes, it could be a book, but you would miss so much of the tension mm -hmm. of it, of the story of it, um, from just having it be described to you. We tried to watch a couple clips to get kind of refresh this movie, not even in the same galaxy as the same experience to watch any clip of it on any other device than a giant movie theater right. that has the range of being vacuous and empty when it's quiet because that environment is different right the theater going experience here i think is so very important mm -hmm. to the uh, to the enjoyment of this movie mm -hmm. and it wouldn't surprise me if this has like a great box office and then really bad blu-ray sales because <laughs> it will never compare yeah um to that and then just in that experience too of being in the theater when it is so quiet in the movie and you can hear all of the people in the theater mm -hmm. you know moving around or even just hearing you breathe right next to me like it plays on the exact same idea of Gosh, you don't realize how much sound we make and how right. much making sound and doing things we block out. And if you had to be conscious of that, you know, you would end up like this family. But this movie makes you conscious of your sounds while you're watching the movie in the theater mm -hmm. because it gets so quiet and you hear somebody eating nachos or like <laughs> jingling junior mints around. And we went to see it at the lot down at Liberty, Liberty Station. Shout out to the lot. Feel Beautiful free to sponsor theater. us. Feel free to uh, send us some free tickets. The, yeah, it was a fantastic theater, but they also uh, serve, you know, they have the servers that come come see you oh, yeah. at, at your seat in the theater. It's like, go away, dude. Yeah. Could you possibly be coming at a more inopportune time when, like, yeah, it's like, completely silent? Hi, yeah, your my, name is, <laughs> my name is Todd. I'll be your server. <laughs> I mean, I assume the loud parts were overly loud because that's how it felt to me. The loud parts were deafeningly loud. I think it was on the same level as um, as loud as it was in Dunkirk, just because okay. it's so jarring. Uh -huh. I don't know if they're able to set it to extra loud. <laughs> like if it's like they get the reel of the film and it says, please turn to 11. Right. Yeah, or yeah. the but safe think... range, they're like one tick above the like safe for your eardrums range it it felt very very loud in moments well it's this part of that i think is definitely the swing and the intensity in which they right they put it on it and it was effective it was jarring yeah so well i was just gonna say like it, there's a scene right after after he returns you know the baby is safe emily blunt is recovering and there's little mini hints throughout the movie up until then that deal with how everyone has dealt with the loss of yeah the littlest boy the shame and blame right yeah. that everybody feels everybody really is kind of half blaming themselves shaming themselves and assuming other people are blaming them mm -hmm. and it's particularly the oldest daughter feels that guilt feels it coming from john krasinski even though he's he's not angry at her 
the scene right after the baby's born, I think pretty raw. Um, I mean, like, you know, people who lose kids sometimes choose to have another kid, right? I'm not going to judge that decision. Um, obviously, there's like, there's emotional, psychological aspects that come with choosing to do that. She's just given birth to this baby boy. And she says, she starts talking about the son that they lost and blaming herself for, for, she said, I, she says, I could have been carrying him. I could have carried him. Mm -hmm. My arms were free. And then she also says he was so happy. And it's true. The scene where he is killed, he's holding this little space shuttle up in the sky in that last moment and he looks just ecstatic about it and having that burned into your brain as a parent would again just be devastating I mean that's our last image of her of her son um, and I do think in those sort of first moments after your kid is born the emotion is it just kind of all falls out on the table mm-hmm. and that just felt real to me that she would in that moment choose to kind of bear it all to him i think it uh also is one of the only moments that they can actually talk when they're down in there right in and the soundproof yeah, yeah. and yeah. like the lack of you know being quiet necessitates not talking about things like not talking about that and never debriefing right with the family about it for right. a year i think yeah. it's it's just they it's such a fantastic emotional through line right for the characters it's unspoken of because they literally can't speak of it right they can't sit down and say don't blame yourself it's my fault no don't blame that's ridiculous it's my fault it's not your fault it's me right. it's, it's you like don't worry like we're we're in this together we're moving on like you know where you get how you walk through the stages of grief which is becoming a major part of this podcast <laughs> it's talking about the stages of grief um in movies and that plays in on it too of like <laughs> it's a quiet place you know, in, in many ways, and, and seeing how that communication right. is there. Yeah, if you just had to work off of the actions of people and the small, you know, looks and, mm-hmm. you know, head tilts and things like that, you would right. really, when you're mostly in your own head on everything after a tragedy like that, I, I, I don't know how you'd right. go through that. Yeah, absolutely. It would linger. Right, it would linger way more than if you have the ability to to talk with people. That's for sure. Did you have anything in this movie that you were that you wanted more information on, or that you felt lack lacking? I don't think I, I in this movie I didn't want more information. I think the movie paints a picture of a world. I would want to know more about the world, what survivors are doing, like in an urban area, how other people have managed to survive or things like that. But I don't want that in this movie. This movie yeah. is this family. You you don't need 
anybody else. You don't have basically anybody else. This The movie is not about like this post-apocalyptic world. Yeah. It does, it's, it is set in this world and it makes you very interested in like what might be in other parts of this world. I don't want that to clutter up this movie. Yeah. That's just not, it's 90 minutes. It's like a nice compact story about a family. I do feel like there was, and I, again, like I have so little to critique about this movie. I do feel like there was like maybe a couple of shots at the very beginning that were maybe like, like a little bit too, I don't know. Here's what happened. You know, like the, I think while they're walking through the town, I think there's like a newspaper that's like, it's sound or yeah. whatever. Stay silent, stay alive or whatever. Like, I already know that. I know it from the preview and I know it from these people walking around. And then in, you know, his little bunker or whatever, mm-hmm. where trying to reach out to other people and also trying to fix her implant, he has like a whiteboard. Yeah. And it's like, what's their weakness? Like, what's the, like, whatever. Yeah. It's just like a little bit more than I needed. Like yeah. the rest of the movie. I don't think you would really write that is the thing. Right. Yeah. Like if I was really like, I'd never head my problems like with a header of, right. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Things it's I'm true. struggling with. Like. Don't write my grocery list. Things I need from the grocery store, Colin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's way less than other movies would have made it. Sure. But given how they tell the rest of the story it like in those moments it feels like just a little heavy-handed like i got that you know you treat me you treat me like an intelligent viewer for the whole rest of the movie like you don't need to dumb it down for me in those two moments two moments or yeah yeah i think for the next outing mr krasinski go don't you know Mm -hmm. we'll be right there with you You, right you set everything else up so well yeah we don't need it i don't need to know the like where they came from no, i don't need to know the yeah none of it really yeah what they told me is perfect the only other thing that i the little critique that i have it's actually not even about the movie it's about the trailer so basically like i knew from the start because of the trailer that the little four-year-old was gonna die i don't know I don't know, maybe it was better that I knew because it was, as I said, just awful to watch. And if I hadn't known that it was coming, maybe I would have been even more bothered by it and not able to kind of move forward in the movie. So maybe they did that on purpose for people like me who are just, who have toddlers at home. And and maybe this is because we have a three-year-old, but like... He just wants to be a kid. He wants to run around. He wants to play with toys. Yeah, I don't... He's, he is a classic little kid. And in this world, that is such a liability, right? Yeah. Like, he's just destined to not make it. Right. And honestly, there's just destined to be no more humans. Because literally, the instant, <laughs> even just labor to... I don't even know what age four five a kid you could actually be like you need listen to you yeah. have to and you have to understand it 
always and forever and never do it. I mean, the other kids obviously could because they were older. Right. But like, I just don't, there's no way. Right. I do not understand because they're always hitting things and smacking things that are complete crazy. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Completely insane. All of the time. Rory would never have lasted 89 days. Like, there's no way. He is so loud. (laughs) We're we're victim one. We're we're patient zero on that one. Yeah. He is. My God. He's so loud. Because here's the thing. If you told them you have to be quiet, they would cry (laughs) because you told them to be quiet. Yeah. Right? So there's no, Mm -hmm. they're going to be upset at the thing that's like, no, don't be upset. But I'm going to be upset because I'm upset because you told me not to. Right. There's no way to win. No, it's true. It's true. This is not a world for little kids. That's for sure. That's for sure. So uh, let's do this. So what do you, normally we kind of discuss the differences that we have and what that kind of says about um, each other, but we have the same opinion about yeah, this movie. Much, yeah. I think that it's pretty glowing. I don't know which way you want to go. What do you think it says about me that I like this movie? And then I'll say maybe why I think what it says about you that you mm-hmm. like the movie. You, I mean, besides obviously just kind of like good filmmaking, um, I think you really appreciate creative storytelling. And I think this is just a really great example of kind of like a different way to roll out a story, you know, not talking, not really conversing and yet still, you know, maintaining these very intricate relationships of the characters. I I imagine that that was what intrigued you about it enough to get a sitter and go see it in the theaters. The story itself you identify with just kind of being a dad and knowing that the task of keeping your kid safe is daunting at times. I'll echo a little bit of what you're saying about why you like the movie. Yeah. I think the um, the kind of themes of it and the fact that it focuses on family in a way that is really kind of earnest and universal, I think as well that it's um, really built on characters that are really well established and well thought out and that have genuine interest in each other all of the characters well on one hand like are flawed and are people none of them have flaws that are like the stupid movie flaws mm-hmm. you know no one's jealous or greedy or right they're whatever they, they, they really just want to be the best people they can for each other in the best way they can i think that's something you would pick up on as well just the format of the movie i think lends itself to your ability to kind of uh empathically um get people through very minimal (laughs) talking Mm -hmm. um very often you're able to read right between the lines on stuff in social situations and talking to people or not talking to people so a movie where the actors are doing as minimally as possible to express as much as possible and to let you kind of uh, pick up on a lot of those real, the really subtle, really small type of things. And I think also the fact that it does deal with grief and in a complex way. It's, it's certainly not, what I appreciate about it, and I think you appreciate about it too, is that it really, it's not um, that the kid, the youngest kid died 
and then we continue the rest of the plot and it's a really obvious bright color stain on the fabric of the family. Mm -hmm. Instead, it's something that has been washed and tried to get cleaned and tried to, you know, alter it, but it's still, it's, you know, it's like right. a, a small ring on the, the fabric of this family um, has rippling effects that are really, really well thought out. And I think you would appreciate that mm -hmm. um, as much as anybody about this movie. Yeah, I agree with that. Although I do feel like the like emotional toll that like watching a kid get killed takes it's like I just it's I just can't. It's so hard. Um yeah. I mean of course like the story is as a result of that rich and the characters very rich themselves, but it's just just so tragic. Yeah. Um I definitely had to kind of consciously put a little barrier just in, into how much I was going to give into this or fall into the to the characters of this movie. Not, not that I wasn't falling into it or anything, but just like when it kind of started with that, I was like, oh, this is OK. This is how deep it's going to be. I'm like, I'm just going to keep my um. just going to keep my pinky on the wall you know what I mean I'm not gonna fully immerse from that I'm just gonna keep a little right. distance and I think that's why you know I was able to laugh at some of the jump scares uh -huh. that you were in because I was like I'm staying a little right I'm not gonna completely immerse in this yeah. a little out yeah and uh that says yeah. something about you too I think that like that's like a defense mechanism sometimes that you're like I'm just gonna like like keep myself slightly removed yeah, I, I knew I'd, I'd have to, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's, that is, that is effective, obviously, but also keeps you from being fully immersed in things. Not to get too deep, but sometimes, you know, that's a, it's a blessing and a curse to be able to kind of just step out of things at times. Yeah, and that doesn't mean, I, I know for, like, that feeling of it, I was like, oh, I know it's going to be full of you know, mm -hmm. jumps and, and things like this based on the so you know, I was going to stay a little bit out, but I don't have a problem jumping in, I don't think on some things how many times did I cry in Homeward Bound when we were watching that over again? Do you think I have a problem jumping in emotionally I, and I'm stuff? I'm not saying that you that you can't jump in emotionally okay. I'm saying that like <laughs> you know Yeah. do you feel like this movie has you know, how would you imagine you would have reacted to this movie watching it before Rory watching it before Rory was anywhere close to born I think there'd be so much of the subtlety of the complexity of this long-term permanent impact of a tragedy as unspeakable as losing a child I think so much of that would be kind of lost I don't think that although you really can kind of have a comparison of what that's mm -hmm of how much that could possibly be without going through the process here or to have that. But maybe that's just my very naive point of view of thinking about it. I think for me, that's what I would need. That would be my personal difference from then, from before then to now, is I wouldn't have thought about it as much. Uh -huh. Or it wouldn't have had as much of an impact of thinking about what those ripples are in the later part of the story. And obviously the impact of it has a, it cuts a little close. Yeah. Cuts a little close to cer certainly that it's nearly the same age. Right. And, you know, 
Yeah. It certainly uh, cuts a little close there. But I think that's kind of the main thing. I don't think I would have picked up on that kind of really empathizing with the John Krasinski character of not just like how do you deal with losing a kid, but how do you deal with the year and a half afterwards that never goes away. Right. You know, there's so much of family and growing a family and having a family that you have as opposed to being a part of, mm-hmm. part of growing up. Is that the same for you? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think I would have paid more attention to sort of the the world and less attention to the family and the relationships. And not to say that I wouldn't have gotten the same enjoyment out of it. I think I still would have found this to be a phenomenal movie. But I think because of Rory, like I connect with the family on an emotional level. It's it's not easy to watch. It is a really amazing movie. Yeah. Well, let's take a break. We'll um, read some emails when we come back, and then we'll we'll, we'll play a little a little game. Oh. Yeah. That sounds I'm fun. Thinking of right now. Oh, I great. don't know if it'll work. Oh, great. Sounds good. I'll play the music. You pay the bills. I'll lie awake and watch you sleep. Our Movies Ourselves is not brought to you this week by Audible.com. Audible.com would be your spot to get audiobooks downloaded right to your phone and to your tablet, all from Amazon's big library of audiobooks. And if they were a sponsor, I would tell you that they have uh, some amazing books on audio, like The Fault in Our Stars, Ready Player One, The Great Gatsby, and other novels. If they were a sponsor, I would tell you that listeners of this podcast can get one month free of Audible listening, and your first download is 100% yours to keep forever. So if they were a sponsor, I would tell you to go to audible.com slash OMO. That's audible.com slash OMO. But again, they are not a sponsor, and that's not a link. So don't go there. And we're back. Time to open up the mailbox and see All right. who's emailed us. Of course, you can always uh, send us a line, give us a reaction to the show, or if you would like your relationship advice answered, we can do that. If you have movie advice that you need help on, we can help you <laughs> write your screenplay. How do I movie? <laughs> How movie happen. We can help you with that. Email us. Our movies ourselves at gmail.com. Again, our movies ourselves at gmail.com. Our first email comes from Dorian from Arizona. He says, Hey guys, long time listener, first time caller. Really enjoyed the podcast. Love all your inside on movies. Keep making things. It makes the world a brighter place. Thank you, Dorian, for that awesome message. Thank you so much, Dorian. We uh, certainly will. We happen to know Dorian. He uh, hails from Phoenix, Arizona, and we actually went out to visit him and his amazing family this weekend, and they shared with us that they saw A Quiet Place. Well, Dorian and, and Chrissy, his wife, did, and I was really shocked by that because Chrissy has told me in the past that she really has a rule about seeing movies she's a she likes horror movies but she really has a rule about seeing movies where kids get injured or killed that mm-hmm. is just like a that's just like a no-go for her at all so i was really surprised that they had seen it and then i meant to ask her about sort of like how she dealt with that scene but then our kids did something funny and i got distracted so 
I'll have to ask her next time we're out. Yeah. Generally, that's a pretty good rule. Yeah. It's a good rule of movie watching. <laughs> you know, they have that website about um, that, like, you can look at movies and it says if, like, a dog, a dog uh-huh. dies in it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, that's a thing, but there's nothing about, like, kids about dying. kids dying. I know, that's true. Uh, well, that's true. squarespace.com to start your website. <laughs> DoKidsDie.net. <laughs> That seems like a weird title. You should come up with something better, like Save the Children. <laughs> That's a real charity that really exists. I think they'd be upset that you're making Also, a... if you want to uh, follow another podcast, Chrissy has a Most Excellent 80s Movies podcast, which is uh, quite enjoyable and a fun romp through um, some 80s movies. So check it out. 80s, definitely in the top four decades of filmmaking. What's your top decade of filmmaking? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> was this the game that you wanted to play? Nope. It was not. <laughs> the game I want to play is... What is the sound... This <laughs> <laughs> is such a stupid thing already. So there's... um. There's kind of like a couple times in the movie where people have their like go out in a blaze of glory sound that they do, like the old man yells and even John Krasinski like <laughs> That's yells. Right. That's right. So if if That's this right. was a situation, you're going to go out in a blaze of glory. It wasn't going to be sad or sacrificial or anything like that if these monsters were out there and you had your last hurrah, you had to make a big distraction for some reason, but you knew you were going to your time to go right what would be your big hurrah oh that's a really good question i did i think i told you yeah I, like it establishes that like that's a thing the old man does it mm-hmm. and then later john krasinski does it but he just he just goes bah! and then he gets killed i had, i think i had shared with you like what a waste for him yeah like but then your counterpoint was well he his daughter's deaf so if he said you know, I love you. Like she wouldn't, she wouldn't hear him. <laughs> Would be the same. Yeah. I mean, I think sentimentally, my urge to say, you know, I love you to you or Rory or whoever's watching me get killed. <laughs> no one. No one. Is. No one. Okay. All right. Would it just be a scream? Would it just be a sing a song? And like if I told some sort of silly joke, company we company we I like taste like butts or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Loser eats people. Yeah, there you Loser go. eats people. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think that's what I would have Great, to do. Great. Cool. Good. Uh, what was what's your? Uh... It's uh, it's never not a time that this isn't <laughs> funny to do. It would be. <laughs> It would be asshole. <laughs> we need to do a fish called Wanda and talk about that. But we both love that movie. I know. Wasn't it so fun talking about a movie that we both love? People don't want that. They want Write conflict. Write to us at ourmoviesourselves at gmail.com. Let us know. Would you prefer that we talk about movies that we both love? Would you prefer that we talk about movies that we both hate? We're not going to do that. Would you prefer that we talk about movies that one of us loves and the other one maybe doesn't? Yeah, drop us a line. Yeah, let us know. Our movies ourselves at gmail.com. Well, Emily, uh, 
it's been a pleasure talking to you about this movie. Yeah, uh, likewise. And um, just like the movie, we are going to make our home now a quiet place and go to sleep. <laughs> it's so been that, pretty quiet so far. It's so. been pretty quiet, but the, the monster that is Rory might wake up at any minute, so we must go back to being quiet. Adam had his ear More precisely better yet I've got you and you got me La 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 This has been Our Movies Ourselves The Movie Slash Relationship Podcast Send us a line at ourmoviesourselves at gmail.com our Movies Ourselves is a production of Frank Studios and is recorded in beautiful, normal heights, San Diego, California. You and me like apples and oranges Nothing rhymes with oranges so I guess I could have chosen a better word Perhaps I should say you could